But we have these different traditions and different ways of doing Christmas, and I'm sure everyone's is different, and, and everyone's looking in at other people through the window. It looks different, like, oh, I wonder why they do that, because we do it like this. But Christmas is a time for us all, a time for us all to spend time with our family, with our friends, and there are different ways of doing it. And maybe Christmas is a time full of joy for you, or maybe it isn't. Maybe it's a time to savor, or maybe it's a time to quickly get by and to tolerate. And I don't know what you're going through this Christmas, but there's something that I believe God's spoken to me through the Christmas story um, that, that will help us, no matter what we're going through this Christmas, to, to practically take something on board, whether we're going through the highs or the lows, and we can all learn and take from it this Christmas. So if you have a Bible with you, it'll come up on the screens. Will you read with me in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 to 20. I'll be reading from the NIV this morning. And it says this, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they, were, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news I bring you good news that you will that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Which were just as they had been told. And I, I really love how Dr. Luke starts this chapter. He starts in the NIV, which we just read. It says, in those days, if you have the likes of the New King James Version, it might say, it, it came to pass in those days. And thinking around Christmas, it's very often that we watch a movie or read a book, and it'll say, once upon a time, because it's a made-up story that we're about to watch and about to see. But actually, looks very intentional with his wording of this. In those days, it's fact. It happened. It happened in those days. 
And again, he uses the use of names like Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, people, real life people, historical figures to prove that this is a fact, that this is real. It also helps us with our timing of the offense around the story. In fact, the census that we read about that was declared, Justin Martyr, who wrote in the second century, he recalls that in his own day, which was 200 or so years after the birth of Jesus, it was possible to look up the census taken at the time of Jesus' birth. This story is a story that we hear all of the time, a story that we hear once a year, and it's, it's the birth of Jesus. But Luke is very clear to say that it's not a once upon a time story. It happened. It happened in those days. It came to pass in those days. Sometimes we can get caught up in the middle of the Christmas mundane, the chaos, for say, of Christmas. We might go to carol services, which we had a lovely one last week, and we hear some, the same songs sang. We watch the same movies over and over again. We read the same books over and over again. You're waiting for Netflix or Prime to finally bring out a new movie, and it's just a remake of something else. And it just gets a bit monotonous and, and a bit like mundane in the Christmas story. But this story that we read, it's not just any ordinary story. It's miraculous. This story is a miracle. It's more than the story. It's more than just letters in the book. It's the birth of our Savior, the birth of Jesus, and it is miraculous. It's not just an ordinary story. It's not like any other book or movie. It's life, and it's Jesus. And we've already looked at how, how Luke opened this very intentionally with his wording. And within the passage, we see that with how, how Luke words it, that we can see that maybe it comes across quite busy or quite chaotic around the Christmas story. And within the passage, we see, see how busy it is with the birth story. It starts in, in what we read in those days. It came to pass that, that there was this, this census came, and, and Mary and Joseph quickly had to get up and go to Bethlehem and do their thing. If we look back into Luke chapter 1, we see that the, the well-documented story of, of how Mary finds out she's going to be pregnant with the, with the Savior of the world. She's going to become pregnant with, with Jesus, and then all this this questions that Joseph had and, and all the things around that, there was just a bit of busyness and a bit of chaos around this story. Mary and Joseph, their lives were changed radically and, and people around them that they grew up with were looking differently at them. Joseph had all these questions like, what do I do? Am I doing the right thing? And, and what's interesting is Luke actually doesn't document Joseph's dreams like Matthew does in Matthew's Gospel. So when we read through Luke chapter 1 right into Luke chapter 2, it just is one thing after another, after another, after another, and it's just a lot of busyness, and it can come across quite overwhelming. And, and we go from, in, in Luke chapter one, we go from Mary finding out, she goes to Elizabeth's house, she sings her song, we see all this happening, and then we come into Luke chapter two, and, and they have to go on this 80 mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 80 miles. In those days, you could have just got in the car and drove about, I don't know, 40 minutes or so, I think, maybe, or an hour maybe. But you couldn't have just done that. You had to get a donkey. You had to get different things. It would have cost time. It would have cost money and a lot of planning. And also, Mary was in the latter stages of her pregnancy. So I don't know a lot about pregnancies, but I, I'm sure that I know, I know enough to know that you're not allowed to fly at a certain stage. Is that right? So I'm sure there is a point where the doctor said, you can't be going on your donkey past X amount of weeks and go on an 80-mile journey. But there's this, this moment where... Joseph would have had all the questions in his head of, oh, am I doing the right thing? Do I need to leave Mary? Do I, what, what's the right protocol around this? We weren't taught this in school. Well, I, don't, I don't know what to do or what, what happens. And then 
the, the Caesar Augustus goes, by the way, in the middle of you thinking about all this, I'm going to make you have to travel 80 miles just to sign a bit of paper for a census. And, and what's interesting in Roman law is Mary didn't actually have to go with Joseph on this journey. According to the law, there's no requirement for her to make this 80-mile journey. But like we said, she's in the latter stages of her pregnancy. So then again, there's more questions, more, more thoughts, more confusion around this. But it surely it made sense that Mary traveled with Joseph, although there were probably doubts in their minds like any other human would have about what to do. And we're painting a picture here, and we're getting the picture painted by looked at. It was a bit busy around the Christmas story. It was a bit messy. This story had risk and it had consequence. There's a lot going on with it. And maybe your 2023 Christmas sounds a bit similar. Maybe your Christmas sounds a bit chaotic. There's noise, there's fear, there's grief, anxiety, and there's just a lot of things happening and it's a bit overwhelming. But you feel you have to put on a brave face and, and get on with things. But what's interesting is Mary and Joseph, they had all this chaos, all this busyness, all this stuff. But as soon as they met Jesus, there was still and there was quiet. Jesus brought the stillness and the quiet. And if you feel that your Christmas sounds a bit chaotic like this, that's not why Jesus came to the earth. He didn't come so that you could just put on a brave face and get on with it. He came for you because he loves you, because he loves you. He came to give you hope and a future, to give you life. And when the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 is a very well documented verse around Christmas, when he foretold the birth of Jesus, he said, Jesus' name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And after all the busyness and all the chaos, as soon as Mary looked at her baby boy in that manger, he was the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That's who was born in that manger. That's who we read about every Christmas. It's the opposite of the busyness and the chaos around us, the opposite of the noise and the pain. But Jesus, who was born that day, he is the wonderful counselor who who listens to you and cares for your every need. He is the one that is constantly by your side with you supporting you. He is powerful and mighty and he brings that peace that makes absolutely no sense at times. This beautiful baby, after the journey, after the busyness, he brought stillness, clarity and peace to the situation. This Christmas, no matter what is going on, good or bad, look to Jesus. He is where we find peace. He's where we find hope. He's where we find love. He's where we find calm in the midst of the Christmases we might be having. And this morning, I just have one, you'll be glad to know, one very quick practical point that I want us to focus on, that will help us to focus on Jesus in the midst of it all. And that is just the treasure and ponder. If you have your Bibles open, it's very easy. And I actually didn't notice this first until Megan told me about it uh, not that long ago, last week. And it's in verse 19. It's very easy in, in the busyness of the story to gloss over this verse. And it says this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Just after the shepherds arrived, just after the chaos of the story, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This word for treasured is only used three times in the Bible. The word translates to kept safe. 
One other time it's used in the Gospels is in Mark 6.20 when Herod protected John the Baptist for a while. He treasured him. He kept him safe. So when we read that Mary treasured these things in her heart, these treasures, these memories of this moment that she was in were so precious and valuable to her that she had to keep them safe. She stored them up. She kept them safe and pondered on them often. We need to keep, this, keep safe the treasures God has before us. Mary was an ordinary person. We talk about this all the time around the Christmas story. She was ordinary. She was young. She had all these emotions, but in the middle of the newness, in the middle of the change, in the middle after a crazy nine months or so, after an 80-mile journey, after not even being able to have a place to stay in Bethlehem, Mary found the time to set aside what people were saying about her, to set aside all the questions and, and different things that might have been going on in her head. She took the time to get rid of all of that stuff and treasure what was right in front of her, Jesus. She pondered on it, which means she constantly thought about it, I thought, thought about these treasures and went back to them. In fact, the NLT words the end of that first that Mary thought about these treasures often. So she treasured them in her heart and she thought about these treasures often. And for us looking in at the story, it's easy to see. We might, you might be saying, oh Ben, it's easy. It's Mary had clearly had Jesus in front of her. Like what more could you want? That's clearly a treasure. It's hard for me to find these treasures in my life. And it is easy to see. She was adoring this precious baby boy she had been entrusted with. Mary looked around and I'm sure she, she was hearing things that people had said to her. I'm sure she remembered some of the things. I'm sure in a, in a moment within the manger, she looked and went, oh no, we have to go back and hear all this again in Nazareth. I'm sure there were all these thoughts going around her head. But as soon as she looked at Jesus, there was stillness, there was clarity, there was peace in the situation. When life got overwhelming, I'm sure Mary came back to this moment when she first met Jesus, when she met her son, the savior of the world. When grief came, when things looked bleak, I'm sure Mary thought about these things often and she reminded herself of the joy of that moment she met Jesus. The moment she met Jesus. We should do the same, treasure up all these things and ponder them in our hearts Remind ourselves of the first time we met Jesus. Remind ourselves that he's the one who saved us. He's the one who came to give us eternal life. He is the one who sacrificed himself on the cross. When was the last time that we reflected on what God has done for us? When was the last time we, we treasured up the things God has done for us and ponder on them? Treasure and ponder Jesus this Christmas. The baby born in a manger wrapped in cloths. This baby born to give us hope and life. The wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. This baby born because we need saving. This baby born because he is the only way we could be saved and receive that gift of eternal life. If you know Jesus as your own personal savior this morning, he's the treasure. He is the treasure. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, the treasure you're looking for can only be found in him. He is the only treasure that will truly satisfy. Jesus is a treasure. Center him this Christmas, the wonderful counselor who hears your every need, the one who will give you guidance in every situation, the mighty God, the powerful mighty one who holds creation in his hands, the everlasting father, the one who sees the whole of eternity. He is the one we should treasure. 
the one, the Prince of Peace, the one that brings peace in the least peaceful situations. The prophets say that they should call him Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's here with us now. That's Jesus, and he is the treasure. We need to ponder on these things when things get difficult or overwhelming on just who this Jesus is. Mary's example in the middle of chaos, in the middle of busyness, noisy manger, she took time to sit quietly, treasure in her hearts, and ponder on who Jesus was and what was happening in front of her. And it's something that we should take with us practically day to day, not just Christmas, not just the end of the year, but this, this practice of, of taking time to quietly treasure and ponder on the things of Jesus are things that we should be doing all the time. Treasure Jesus this Christmas and ponder on all he has done for you. For everyone, whether you know him this Christmas, he loves you, he cares for you, and he died for you and is victorious for you. This Jesus, the one born in the manger, he is the treasure. So let's look to him this Christmas.